Welcome back to another jam-packed episode of the Travel Business Babe podcast, empowering you to step outside your comfort zone to create the life and the business of your dreams. The TBB podcast is the perfect blend of personal branding and personal development designed to give you tips, tricks, and strategies to help you create the life and online business of your dreams so you can have the freedom to work from anywhere. A travel business babe is the CEO of her life and her business. She dreams big and takes massive action on her goals. She harnesses the power of social media to build up her personal brand so that she can have the life and the business that she dreams of. Yeah, I don't even need to record the screen because we're recording on the back end. All right, so hi, Amanda. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, of course. So I would love you to dive into, you know, who you are, what you do for all the podcast listeners who do not know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am a business coach specifically for done-for-you service-based entrepreneurs, so like uh, VAs, social media managers, designers like that. Um, and I help, um, more on kind of the logistics side, as far as, you know, setting up your business scaling. I work a lot with, um, branding and social media strategy. Um, and I'm also a digital nomad. Um, so I live abroad currently in Southeast Asia and I travel full time. That is amazing because I know everyone listening to this, especially because it's a Travel Business Babe podcast, wants to travel, wants to build a business, and just wants to be able to work from anywhere. So how did you get started in like building an online business, right? I know we've talked about, I don't know if it came from originally having a blog and then transitioning to business. So could you dive into that a bit? Yeah, absolutely. So Um, I did have a corporate job just for a background, like I'm sure a lot of your listeners might have um, a corporate job as well. It actually wasn't the worst thing in the world, but um, I just knew I needed freedom and really kind of the core, like key phrase that sparked everything for me was the term location independence, which really can mean a lot of different things for anyone, but it's just essentially like having the freedom of choice to um, be able to choose how you spend your time. So it doesn't even mean that you have to travel full time, but that you might just want to travel whenever you want. Um, And so a lot of times, like being able to have that location independence means working for yourself or having your own business because that obviously eliminates like having to report to a boss. Um, So what I realized was I didn't have enough time to like, I was like so stressed with my nine to five. So I needed a life or a place where I could live where I just like didn't need as much money to kind of like meet just my basic needs. So I decided to move to Southeast Asia and decided to actually teach online just for a few months um, because I could only te- I could teach online for like you know ten hours a week and and make enough money to live very very comfortably and then I spent all of my time diving into um, learning social media marketing and a bunch of different skills to start building my online business. That is amazing. So, yeah. what made you choose Southeast Asia? <laughs> Um, so I actually did a marketing internship in college in Thailand, like on a whim, super random. It's actually where I met my boyfriend as well. Um, wow. yeah, so it kind of just came full circle for us when we both loved Thailand and it was, you know, super cheap cost of living. Right. Um, so it all just kind of made sense in that the first place we moved when we moved abroad about a year ago was Chiang Mai. Wow. Okay. Well, obviously we'll dive into that more in a bit, but yeah. 
If you guys are enjoying this episode about working abroad and building your own online business, go ahead and screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram story and tag me at Christy Lee Berry so that I can share it on my story and see who else is watching beside me. Yes. Okay. So, so you're a business coach. I know that yes. you have your blog as well. So how did starting a business coach even like, or starting a business coaching program start and come about for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so my blog actually started kind of as like a travel and digital nomad blog. And it started under my boyfriend and I's kind of like joint travel um, blog and account called The Uncommon Pursuit. Um, and so it was all about like being a digital nomad and also traveling. Um, but I was still kind of starting my own actual online business. I actually started out as a website and graphic designer. Um, and I didn't have a background in that. I just kind of was good at it and taught myself everything like from YouTube and everything. Um, so side note, like you don't have to have a background in anything. You can teach yourself skills. I was literally, yeah, I was literally going to say like, okay, we're stopping there because I think a lot of people, when I talk to them and you know, a lot of the listeners kind of are like, but I don't really have that skill or I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I could do remotely. What would you say to that person like right now? I would say like, how bad do you want it? Like if this is the lifestyle that you want, you know, figure out what interests you figure out what do people always ask you for advice on? Like I, you know, I used to like kind of, you know, dabble in some design stuff. I really, you know, if you actually look at my first stuff, it wasn't great, <laughs> but I actually had a friend ask me, she, she was like, Oh, I think you, I remember you saying that. Would you design a logo for my boyfriend's um, sportswear company? And I was like, sure, screw it. Like I'm trying to get into freelancing, whatnot. And that kind of sparked a lot for me where I was like, Oh shit, I can't actually do this. And I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> oh no. No, go, go ahead. I told you it's a real, real podcast. Okay. Um, but yeah, I literally didn't actually take any course at this point. I wish I had a coach or someone who kind of helped streamline it for me, but I learned all of my design skills on YouTube and just giving myself projects. So you can teach yourself anything literally just with YouTube and Google. Right. And I, I always tell people, I think it just starts with like messy action and starting Yes, because if, I mean, I've even been a victim of this too, where like you kind of are sitting, you're stirring and you're trying to plan, but I've learned that, you know, you find your most like unique and highest path if you're acting on things and you see what your audience likes, what they don't like. And then you have to like tweak and it's a constant, like up and down cycle of this worked, this didn't, this worked. And then you're eliminating all the stuff that doesn't work. Yes. Like 100%. I, I didn't have like an extensive portfolio when I launched my design business, but I made sure that I had everything in line that I could to be as like professional. And, you know, I knew my stuff if I got on a sales call with someone. Um, and I was still able to, um, actually after launching my design business, I booked out my entire design business within four days and made over 5k my first month. So Um, that's amazing, especially for your first month. How did you even take the first initial steps to like being booked out? So I just went heavy, heavy, heavy on pitching myself. I just was not afraid to put myself out there. And even though I didn't feel fully ready at the time, like at all, I knew that at some point I just had to, I just had to do it. Um, and I had to be confident in myself because even though I didn't have a huge portfolio, I knew that I had gained enough skills that my next projects would be good enough and I'd be able to serve my clients. Um, so I, I actually got all of my first clients from Facebook groups. 
Um, and since then I've expanded more by even like cold pitching, um, getting clients through Instagram, different things like that. But Facebook groups are such a good resource for, um, other entrepreneurs hiring freelancers. That's amazing. So can we touch on that for a hot second? Um, yeah. how, so, cause I'm in obviously a few Facebook groups. I know that's how I found you to come on this podcast, but if yeah. you, I see, I do see so many people, you know, wanting those freelance jobs in the Facebook group. So how are you able to book out through the Facebook groups and like stand out amongst everyone else? So it's actually funny you ask this. I was just talking with one of my one-on-one clients. She's about to launch her, her social media management business. And we were really talking about this specifically. Like when you see 60 comments on a Facebook thread, like how do you stand out? Um, and it's something that I work with people a lot on. It has to do a lot with just your pitch and your confidence and your branding and how you are making yourself stand out online. Um, one way that I have people, um, execute this is through having a website, um, because it's so, so easy when there's 60 comments on a Facebook thread for you to be like, you know, Hey, Christy, like, I'd love to work with you, but you know, it takes effort on that person's part to be, to message you back. If, um, and if you have a website link, they're able to easily click on that and see all the information that they need to know to hire you, see your examples, have all their questions answered. Um, another tip I give people is voice messaging. Like you'd be so surprised how many people don't DM you personally and reach out. Like if you really want that job, um, and especially go that extra mile to send you a voice message, like it makes it so much more personal. I've literally gone to the extent before, before I kind of started my own business, I was working on, you know, finding remote jobs. And I would Google remote jobs and then I would find the people on social media and I would message them. And like, oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> I, that's what I tell people. I'm like, if you want something, you just have to like put in the work. It's not going to yeah. like always fall in your lap. You have to go out and like put yourself out there too, right? Like you said, yeah. you have to know how to pitch, you know how to differentiate, differentiate yourself to make sure that you can stand out. So like going the extra mile and sending that voice message or going the extra mile, sending like a video in the DMs, like yeah. that I think is so underutilized and it helps people, it, you, they hear that your voice, they see your face. It's just like an extra touch point on three different parts. It's like voice, face, and then a message. Right. And I've actually hired some people for my own team at this point too. And you would be shocked at the amount of applicants. Like, let's say I got 60 applicants for a VA position. I had one person out of those 60 people go that extra mile to send me a voice message DM. And that is actually who I ended up hiring. Right. So, so if you're listening to us, you know, voice message DMs. <laughs> It works, people. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it absolutely does. Okay. So you started off designing websites. I totally brought us on a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you it. started <laughs> off on doing logos and websites and here you are coaching clients. Is that because you felt like you gained the experience through building your own business? And then people started asking like, Hey, you know, how are you able to land like five, 10 K months? Yeah, that's, that's kind of how, how it worked. So I was also ended up kind of working with a lot of my clients on their social media strategy. Um, and so I got into a little bit of social media management as well, but to be honest, like I loved the strategy part of it, like the planning it, the, you know, helping them set up more with their business. And I started almost like giving them way more than they were paying me for is like, okay, yeah. like here's some ideas that we can do for your business and blah, blah. And I started having a lot of other people come to me too, like, wow, like how have you made this all work? And, um, I love, love design so, so much. In fact, I always fight 
bite myself on it as far as like, oh, I'll just take on like an extra project. But my biggest thing was I didn't want to keep being behind the scenes as much. Um, I just, I wanted to get in there and like help other people craft their businesses and grow this. Mm -hmm. And I kept seeing the need in front of me. So I kind of made this kind of like brash transition where I almost like stopped taking all my design clients and I just went for it. So it's like, it's literally the same story as my design thing. I took like a month beforehand prepping, like kind of getting my stuff in line still wasn't fully like prepared, but you always have to jump before you feel ready at least. It's so true. So Um, I saw on your Instagram, like you're taking some one-on-one clients. Do you offer like programs and one-on-one? What are your thoughts on offering like courses versus one, I guess, again, one-on-ones? Because I know a lot of people, you know, they hear of eBooks and programs and courses and one-on-ones and it's like, where do I start? Yes. Oh my gosh. There's, there's so many options, so many great stuff out there. So yeah, I primarily, um, offer one-on-one coaching right now. Um, and I do have a few new openings, um, starting in August. Um, and so I do a three month month coaching package. Um, and I work with people who already have a business if they're like in their first year business and kind of trying to fine tune things. Cause I find a lot of people who started freelancing, they kind of just like jump right in, take a few clients, but they didn't fully set that foundation for their business up. And moving forward, you need that foundation to be able to grow. Um, And then I also work with a lot of people who have that idea and really need to like set everything up, launch it, get it going, get that really strategic social media plan going. Um, So you know, I think there are some courses also. Um, You know, I have a few courses in in group programs actually in the works. Um, for later this year in early 2020. Um, And I think that if you're considering kind of debating between all of this, um, you know, there are some amazing courses and programs like that out there that can give you a lot of the tools you need to learn. Um, So I don't really think that one is necessarily right or wrong or better than the other. I think the benefit of having a coach is that you have that one-on-one support literally in your back corner every day that's helping you specifically set up your business. Um, Whereas like, you know, of course you're learning so much valuable information, but you still have to kind of figure some of it out on your own. And it's the implementation you have to do. You have to make yourself sit down. So, oh, (laughs) sorry. My boyfriend's got something. (laughs) Um, Okay. So the one of the reasons I ask is I'm like super open with my audience and I try to like pull them or like market research as you probably know that term. And I've been doing one-on-one coaching for the past like six months and I absolutely love it. But with like the travels that I want to do, sometimes I'm like, all right, do I want to stick with one-on-one coaching or do I want to start like making more programs and more courses? Because it's really, you know, I'm like, what do you guys want? Like, tell me what you want and I'll make it for you. I have, I'm like, I have the resources. So how do you go about doing your, your market research and then crafting your programs, like reverse engineering them? Yeah, that's a good question. So I do a lot of, you know, the same things you do as is, um, on Instagram. Like my audience is, I would say, probably most active on Instagram. Yes. I do polls all the time. I'm always just like chatting with people being like, hey, like what, what are you struggling with most right now? Like what do you need the most help with? Um, so that's where I get a lot of information. My other information is from my one-on-one clients. And it's because you, also as a coach with a one-on-one client, you know, you get the most in-depth look at like truly where they're at, what people really need the most help in like areas of focus with. Um, so I've been taking a lot of that research as well to start crafting some 
group programs that are going to be similar to my one-on-one coaching. Um, so you still get kind of that mix of, of high touch with a coach being involved, but also kind of a course format that gives you that structure. Oh, I love that. I'm working, I'm working on a group program as well, because I just, I also think the, um, the community aspect of it really helps everyone else kind of like, Oh shoot, this person like finished this module and they're doing this. Like that makes me want to do it. And I found that, um, cause I currently have like a low touch membership program mm-hmm. and people love the community aspect, but I'm finding that a lot of people need more of that high touch, like step-by-step, you know, 90 day accelerator program. And right. yeah, so that's like kind of similar to you. I have some of that stuff in the works, which I'm super excited to get out there to the world. Cause we know that people need it. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know that you did say you touch upon, and obviously I know you have one-on-one coaching, so you don't have to spill all your secrets, but (laughs) people who have that like idea or basically, yeah, that idea and how do they bring that to like fruition? Because that's a lot of people who I coach and like, I totally have my step-by-step program, but I'm curious how you might go ahead, like advising that person who has that idea and wants to leave that nine to five, but they're just like, how do I make this happen? Yeah, no, that's like, I feel like my audience also like struggles with this a lot. I feel like a lot of new entrepreneurs and even like aspiring entrepreneurs, this is where they get stuck is kind of this idea phase. And, um, you know, there's like two types of people, one person who just like almost has too many ideas. And they're just like, I don't like, I'm almost paralyzed. Like, I don't know where to start. And then someone's like, okay, I want this lifestyle, but like, I literally don't know like how someone's going to pay me. And I think that this advice is like relevant to both of those types of people is that you honestly just have to pick something. Thing. You have to pick one thing. It, I don't care if you're, you have so many passions. I'm not telling you, you can't pursue all of your passions, but if your focus and energy is scattered in the beginning, you're not going to be able to move forward, like full speed ahead. So I always tell people, um, you know, pick one thing that you think, even if you don't have those skills, like I said, I didn't have design skills that you think you'd be interested in learning. Um, focus all of your energy on that, like literally realign your life around this goal. Um, and this new skill that you're going to develop or this new business idea you're going to pursue because the thing about entrepreneurship is no matter how much you plan it's not going to work out nope. how you plan like you like I didn't know I was going to fully get into coaching but until I took that jump decided on that one thing that I was going to launch a design business launched it learned so many things from it and then pivoted into coaching like I would have never been able to sit down on a piece of paper and plan that out beforehand so you literally have to pick something go for it go for it all in and just know that you need a plan you need a goal and a direction but you are going to pivot so you just have to be prepared Okay. I'm obsessed with that because yes, I just am. And you're speaking to my heart too, because I'm totally the entrepreneur who has hundreds and thousands of ideas and I want to do like all of them. And I've totally realized that you do have to like pick one and then focus on that. And then you can branch out once you have kind of that foundation, then you could add something else in. Exactly. And I am the same way. I'm literally always like, okay, but like, what if we just add this to it? And like, I have to be reminded too of like, calm down, pick one thing. (laughs) Yes. No, I'm actually currently in that phase right now where I have a lot of people. Okay, great. (laughs) Um, literally because no, it, I mean, it's, crazy. And I feel like if I always tell people, I'm like, you don't want to be in my brain. It never stops. Like I'm sitting watching a movie with like a notepad and I'm just like, okay, these are some my ideas. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Um, okay, cool. No. So we're in the same phase of, I feel like 
it's like have done one-on-one coaching for a while. And then I'm still getting so many questions because I actually started out um, teaching people how to get like paid collaborations, which is, Mm. so that might've been how you started with design. Like that's how I started kind of in this online space. And then I realized, you know, like they're great, but it's an amazing thing to like be able to leverage and get collaborations, but you also want that sustainable business. So exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I feel like I've been recently doing a lot of the business side and now I'm getting a lot more of those like collaboration requests. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to create a program for that. And then I'm somehow going to like combine it all, but I'm still clearly in the beginning stages. So everyone listening there, it's all coming, but (laughs) so much is coming (laughs) literally. Okay. Um, so I know we were talking about this in the beginning, but how do you manage multiple Instagram accounts? Like how do you differentiate between branding, messaging, and positioning on both accounts? Yes, such a good question. Um, <laughs> so it's it's hard, guys. It's hard. Um, it's fun. I love it, you know. Um, but I guess just to make this conversation fluid, so my two Instagram accounts that she's referring to are the Uncommon Pursuit, which is uh, my boyfriend and I run together. So it started as a travel, like a couple's travel account. Um, and it now is also a blog and a website um, that focuses on like digital nomad lifestyle. So yeah. it still has that travel aspect, but its core focus is digital nomad lifestyle and location independence. Um, and there are, it, there are uh, specific like programs and a few courses, you know, in the near future that are all being launched kind of through that, that are a bit more kind of at the beginning stages um, where you have some ideas trying to start that, but mostly people really focusing on that digital nomad lifestyle. Um, and I'm clarifying this cause this is like helping you understand how I separate managing the two. Yes, so my coaching do. is under my name. So it's Amanda Colby coaching, um, you know, however you want to refer to it. Um, and so with that, it's a lot more of business heavy and the business side. So, um, I talk a lot about, um, you know, branding, growing your business, um, like the in-depth steps of, um, you know, prioritizing, organizing your business, like, all the logistics that go into not only starting, but scaling your business to get consistent three to five K months as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I do a little bit less of that with all of the different types of content on the uncommon pursuit. It's a bit more focused on the lifestyle as well in kind of the very early stages. Um, and then my coaching, I kind of take is almost like that next step up once people are ready to really put things into action a bit more. Um, and so it's been quite a balance balancing the two. Um, but I have my boyfriend to help me as well. And honestly, we have a lot of similar audiences between the two. Um, but I really try and make that clear division almost in the simplest terms of very business heavy for coaching and a lot more lifestyle digital nomad stuff for, uh, the uncommon pursuit. I cross refer to them a lot. Um, but that's kind of how I balance it at the moment. No, I think that, I mean, that really does make total sense to me. I had something similar and then I felt like I kind of just really had to focus on the Christy Lee Berry one. Cause I was like, I'm one person. I can't manage all of this. <laughs> like <laughs> to be honest, if I was one person, I don't think I would do it. Um, I think that it really helps that not like the branding as well with the uncommon pursuit is my boyfriend and myself. So it's, it's us as a couple and our lifestyle. So there's also that aspect to it. I think if it was just me that I would end up kind of marrying the two under just my coaching and my name. Yes. Because so that's something similar. Cause I, because I'm like, I was one person managing both. I felt like they were becoming just the same thing. And I was like, yeah, what? So <laughs> now it's like the travel business babes is my community under Christy Lee Berry. 
And I'm just yes, like, that, that. that just like makes more sense. Like the best way I can explain it to people. I don't know if you've heard of like Kayla Itzness, like the fitness person. Yes. So she, her community is like BBG. So bikini body guides. And it's like, she doesn't have a BBG Instagram, but like everyone knows that's her community. So it's like, best way I can explain it to everyone, especially other people out there who've had this idea or are struggling with it. Like this is how both Amanda and I deal with it. So you can take and learn and leave whatever parts you may want. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I, I really think that's the best way to handle it too. Don't try and try and spread yourself too thin. I think again, getting back to that, like focus and that, um, like core of like your personal brand and like what you're representing, it can be multifaceted. Yes. Which is crazy about personal brands. So because we brought that up, let's talk a little bit about social media. So someone who really maybe wants to grow their personal brand or just wants to build up their social media platform, what would, who maybe they don't have a direction yet, but what would one suggestion that you might give them be? Ooh, good question. Um, I would say that most people really don't take the time to like truly sit down and figure out beyond the fun logo and the website, which I'm a designer, huge advocate (laughs) of, but that is the surface level of branding. And a lot of people don't take the time to really dig into that because it's not an easy exercise that you can sit down with a piece of paper and in an hour figure out. It's really kind of takes time. But the key is, is especially if you don't necessarily know your, your solid idea yet or this or that, you can still have a personal brand. Even if you work a corporate job, like you actually do have a, a personal brand already mm-hmm. just by everything that you believe, every your presence, how you make people feel like what you represent as a person. So if you don't have an idea or a business yet, think about that. You can still think about who you want to be, what you represent and you know what you believe. And because your business as a personal brand, people relate to you on a personal level. They buy from you because of a personal level. So that's still going to be relevant as soon as you do figure out that business idea or service offerings that you're going to have. Um, for example, example, one thing that I'm super passionate about is location independence. It's a huge, huge, um, part of what I believe. And if you've ever followed me, I'll go on like rants about it, you know, and just like that freedom that it provides provides and how we're like moving in this direction. Yes. And so that's something that I not only incorporate into, you know, my one-on-one clients with coaching, it's mm-hmm. something that I talk about all the time on social media and I literally live it. You know, I live location independence by traveling and moving around. So it's not just like, oh, I want to travel for fun. Like it's, it's part of my personal brand. Yes. It's like who you are. So there's a few things you just said I want to touch upon. I wrote down a few notes, but the first one is going back to personal branding and how like it really is an extension of yourself, right? So you did yeah. say, well, it's so fun to create the website and the logo. Like I always tell people that is great to have, but like you said, it's surface level. So you want to be able to, I always tell people like personal branding to me, it's like personal development. It's like understanding who you are. Like the more you do personal development, the more your personal brand grows. So like, actually, if you listen to like the introduction to this podcast, it's literally, I say like the TBB podcast is a perfect blend of personal branding and personal development, because I think that. that they go so hand in hand, which is like, crazy. And a lot of people don't think of it. People think of personal brand is like, that's the business. And I'm like, but it's you. And then another, another thing you said is people buy from you and your personality. So 
say like if the ma- if the market is so saturated, people really want to buy from someone they can relate to. Do you have anything to like exactly. add about that? Yeah, like that's like one of the number one questions I get is people are like, "Well, there's so many virtual assistants out there. There's so many coaches out there. Like, you know, there's so many blogs out there even, you know? Yeah. Like, why wh- you know, am I going to make it? Like, should I even waste my time?" And the answer is yes. Like, it is not too saturated because what you bring to the table is not the literal like tangible blog post that you wrote. It's not the tangible service of managing someone's Instagram. It's how you present it. It's your own perspective of how you relate to people, how you think, how you work and provide that for someone that only you can literally provide, not the person next to you. Like I actually have a lot of uh, my clients come to me and relate um, because because I actually had a six-figure corporate job before I dove into this world. Um, And I've had a lot of my clients relate to me through that story that, again, they might not have related to another coach who maybe offers the same thing as I do because of that. It's like your story that they fell in love with or can relate to. And then they're like, okay, I need to work with Amanda, like ASAP, sign me up. (laughs) Yes, 100%. (laughs) I love that though, but I think that's so important. And then I know when you were talking about location independence and it possibly being too saturated, like the statistic I believe is by 2027, 50% of the U S workforce is going to be remote. So like I tell people, if it's a thought in the back of your mind, like execute on it now, because in seven years, like X, Y, Z amount, more people are going to be in this remote location. Yeah. I like, oh my gosh, I literally think about this all the time. Like it is like, it's literally the beginning of a movement guys. Like this is like my whole soap opera box. So I'll keep it short, but it is the beginning of a movement, um, of location independence and remote work. Um, and even for some people like actually owning and operating their own business, like, you know, it's not for everyone, but some people still want that lifestyle. And it's, it's awesome because you can still have it because a lot of corporate, jobs and even like non-corporate, you know, smaller offices and, and um, workplaces are, are offering remote work now. And it's actually been really cool living abroad because um, I meet and work with people from literally all over the world, like South Africa, Germany, like everywhere. And it's been cool to move to different cities because you see all of this like coming to fruition with co-working spaces popping up with, um, you know, digital nomad cities and hubs becoming more popular. Um, and just this whole lifestyle, um, is becoming more well-known and more popular among people. So the time to get in is now like for real. And if this is something you want, like I always tell people like get in it now because 10 years from now, it'll still be possible, but like you will think yourself that you started it. Absolutely. Because starting is, I think is like the hardest part. It's like getting yourself off the log and making yourself move. Yes. (laughs) And it's scary. Like anyone who does, who tells you it's not is lying. Like it is so scary. It's probably going to be some of the hardest things that you've ever done in your life is like being an entrepreneur, but it's also amazing. Like I literally could not live any other way. Um, and you just have to do it. You have to do it afraid. And like, it's it being in business and being entrepreneur is also like so much personal development, like not just figuring out your branding, like 
building a business is like 50% personal development. So just know that and know that like you have to work on yourself because you're the foundation of your business. That's so true. And going off of that, what are your thoughts around mindset and business? Because the more I get into this, the more I am seeing and hearing people say like mindset is literally everything. I mean, yes, you need systems in place. Yes, you need to have like products. Yes, you need to have trans, um, products with transformation, but like your mindset is everything. Do you have any thoughts on that? Cause I don't know if you've been doing this more than me or longer. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I'm, I'm obviously a very kind of like, I describe myself as a logistical business coach coach. So a lot of people come to me for a lot more of those systems and setting things up and a lot of the strategy work. Um, but I do, I do still touch on mindset and, and personally I do work on mindset quite a bit more, um, because it is really, really important. Like you can't execute one without the other, as far as the logistics with the mindset piece. And actually my signature, like one line core belief is that you can literally do anything that you want or that you put your mind to, if Mm -hmm. you're willing to work hard for it. Um, and I have been such proof of that. And like, I, I just like feel this so, so strongly because I, literally just decided like it is, it is about deciding that like, this is what I want. And you have to be, you have to be mentally strong through all of this because there are going to be so many things that try and knock you down. Um, so if you don't want it for you and if you're not confident in yourself, there will be 50 million things that give you a reason to give up. Um, so it's just a constant process that you have to work on that mindset and really being your biggest fan and believing in yourself throughout this process. That's so true. I always say, you know, like you have to know your why don't start until you have that. Because like, if I didn't have my why there's been a hundred things plus that would have told me to stop or people that would have told me I'm crazy or people who I thought were my closest friends. And then they unfollowed me because they're like, what are you doing? It's weird. And I'm like, it's not weird. It's just my life. Yeah. This is like what I want. Yeah, exactly. I'm helping people and I'm impacting people and I'm doing something cool. Yeah. So, I mean, knowing your why is so huge. I have like a whole course on that. Um, but really quick, I, cause I had a few more questions and then I know you that you do have to jump, but what do your yeah. work hours look like? So are you working 24 seven? Are you working two hours a day? Like <laughs> give us the scoop. Yes. Good question. Um, so my actual like schedule definitely varies. Um, we, I try and stay in a country. I don't think I mentioned this before, but I try and stay in a country for about three months at a time. So when I say I travel full time, I am absolutely not hopping on a plane like every other week, because let me tell you, I did do that for a little while and it is not fun (laughs) and not possible to actually grow a business and be traveling full time unless you're an actual travel blogger. It's very, very difficult. So I try and stay in a place for about three months at a time. And my schedule is obviously kind of like different everywhere that I live. Um, but I, typically work like Monday through Friday, just because that's when the rest of the world is, is functioning as well. Um, but because I do coaching, um, a lot, I would say most of my clients are in like South America, North America time zones. Um, and so I actually have coaching calls in the morning and then late at night, like eight, 9 PM. Um, and so I kind of focus the rest of my schedule around that. Um, but I'd say I probably work like 
maybe 50 hours a week. Um, and part of that's just cause I love it. And sometimes yeah. I'm just like, okay, but I have ideas. So I want to keep working on this. Um, I probably could work less if I wanted, but the ideas are flowing. And when you have that energy, you kind of have to follow it. But, um, mm-hmm. you also probably work a bit more in the beginning when you're like getting so much set up. Um, but it's definitely this balance, um, and this constant balance being an entrepreneur trying to draw that line between work and free time because you don't normally have that physical office that you get to like shut everything off with. That's so true. And I don't know if, because I know with your, the uncommon pursuit blog, I don't know if you may have like a similar brain to me where i have such a photographer's eye. So even if I am relaxing on a beach, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that photo, that palm tree. I'm like, that is the most perfect photo. Now I need to go take it. And I'm like, do I ever relax? I don't know. <laughs> You no, you and I sound like so similar because photography is actually my hobby as well, which is half why I just wanted to start the Uncommon Pursuit Instagram in the first place. Um, and I can't, I can't like accept just like okay, like casual photo or like anywhere that we go, it's like okay, but do I have a couple outfits like you know for a photo oh, shoot? Here? I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm not like a high maintenance person in real life. I actually don't even ever wear makeup, but. I love like photography and I'm always, always thinking about work because it's also kind of like my passion. So it's, okay, it's a yep. fine line. <laughs> no, literally I'm the same. Like, and I'm someone who clearly like I wear sweatpants. I'm, if you're, you guys can't see this, but oh I'm just God. showed her I'm in like a gray suit right now. <laughs> but yep. when I'm traveling, I'm like, I need content because you know, content yeah. is, is something that's like a revenue generating activity and it moves the needle in my business. So I'm like, I know that's something that I need. So I'll travel with like five outfits in a day and people are like, oh my God, you're so extra. And I'm like, this really is just for my business. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, this is my job. Okay. Like, so hold, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> I know. No, that's okay. That's so funny. But I think yeah. if you are someone who really does get started on Instagram, especially if you started with a blog, you do have that either photography or writing background as your yes. hobby. And then yeah. I have seen a lot of people who started a blog and then transformed to a business. And I think that's a really cool segue, um, just starting your blog, because a blog really is, this is my opinion, so you can add whatever you want into this, but your blog provides value, or it should. So it already is like an information source, depending on what information you want to provide. So I believe if you're providing enough value that people really want to read, you will be able to monetize that and turn it into a business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, um, so I've actually worked with a few like people who are actual blog, like specific bloggers, like that is their business. That is what they do. And I work with them a little bit separately on like our clear path towards monetization. But most of my people I work with are like service-based entrepreneurs. And I actually tell every single one of them, maybe not in the beginning because we're prioritizing our things here, but I tell them to start a blog. It doesn't have to be extensive. Your blog post can be super, super short because you're, you're blogging a little bit differently than if you're a blogger, but you, if you're blogging as an entrepreneur and business owner, you're blogging primarily to provide value to your audience. And it's such a great way to send a weekly blog post out and, you know, discuss a topic that your audience has questions on because you're appealing to lots of different people by getting on Instagram stories and speaking live about things by showing content and pictures. And then by also having like a written format where you may be able to explain or diagram something that you wouldn't be able to on Instagram stories is clearly. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. that's a great way to provide value exactly as you said to your community. Yeah. 
And I, I always tell people, and you're probably the same exact way with business coaching, but like if you want to gain more clients and if you want people to purchase your products, you have to provide value that solves their problem. So yep. if a blog, if your blog can solve someone's problem, like you can have a business. That's what I tell people all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I know people who like, for instance, even like, um, an Etsy seller who has a blog that I had worked with at one point and, you know, was literally selling like something so weird, like these like Christmas ornament type that <laughs> had a whole business around it, was able to blog about it, do well on Pinterest. Like I was like, you guys, like you can do anything. You just have to pick something and figure out your market and figure out how to reach them and provide value to them because there are so many different little areas and niches. So going off of that niche thing, um, how specific would you recommend people get when they're first starting out? Ooh, good question. Um, so here's how I like to approach niching down as a lot of people say, is I think it's really important to have clearly, clearly defined who you are speaking to. But the thing is, is that you can be speaking to multiple people. So everyone thinks about niching down as like, Oh, okay. I need to target, um, you know, the fashion industry. I'm going to be a social media manager for fashion bloggers and clothing stores. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to f- target them. That's great. And that can be really successful for you. But I think when starting out that that puts you in somewhat of a corner. And so it's more specific that you need to figure out who you're talking to. And then if you have three different sets of a target audience of who you're talking to, you can transition your messaging and your marketing between those audiences, but you can't speak to all of them. So that's where niching down comes into play is that you just need to niche down. And sometimes that's just for one Instagram caption speaking directly to a certain audience or a certain quote unquote niche. Um, and then something else you can hit it just slightly or speak directly to a different niche. Okay. You just spoke to my heart because (laughs) I love that answer because I do agree with you where I hear and see a lot of people saying niche down. What are you selling? Who are you selling it to? That is the only person you're talking to. And I do believe that you can speak to one type of audience, but they might have three different problems. So something Mm -hmm. that comes to mind, I don't know if you've heard of like the bucket list bombshells. Yeah. So that just, I, the only reason this comes to mind is because I was speaking about this with someone else. And so they have like three different types of programs. So they speak to three different types of people. And I think that is something, um, as you guys know, who are listening to this podcast, I always, you know, this you're you're getting the behind the scenes of every conversation <laughs> because oh, yeah. I find that, you know, with my audience, I have people who want to turn their blog into a business. I have people who just want collaborations. And then I have people who like want to work on their social media. And to me, those are like three different points that I should be touching on. But, you know, exactly. sometimes it gets confusing when people are like, what's the one problem you're solving? And I'm like, there's a few, but it's one type of person. So yep. you just literally exactly. spoke to my heart. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's hard. Like it, it's a little bit hard to figure out. And it, it, it sometimes takes some trial and error in the beginning too. So don't be too hard on yourself, but it comes back to that whole thing of kind of like, okay, narrow it down, pick like, let's say that one thing, that one niche now, give it a try, try it out, get some data, get some market research back and pivot. That's always like my like rule in life is just like, go for it and pivot. Always pivot. (laughs) Well, that's so, yeah. If you're an entrepreneur, I just think you have to be so adaptable. It's like, if one way is not working, you just say, all right, here we go. Like, here's another way. And it's having, I think I heard this somewhere, but it's like, you have to have the 
mentality of like an Olympian or something, yes. but it's, <laughs> it's so true. Um, Going, oh gosh, yeah. going back really quick to those, like, say, three problems that you solve, would you recommend that people, example, say, like, you had three different problems, your one, tar- I don't know if I'm explaining this well, what were we saying? The three different problems, would you have different Instagram posts speaking to those different audiences and different, like, emails? Would you segment your email list? That's a good question. Um, to be honest, and this is, like, probably not uh, an ideal answer, but I think it really depends on like the person's business. I know people always hate to hear that. Like, Oh, it depends on you, but it, it does, kind of does because it depends on how you're setting up your marketing strategy. And, um, you know, some people set that up if they, if they do have multiple programs or multiple offerings, a lot of times that's how they've segmented it. So maybe you have a certain program that speaks specifically to that one type of niche. So whenever you're promoting that program, you're speaking to those pain points of that niche. Um, but some people, especially starting out in the beginning, you only offer one thing, one service. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you might want to rotate between Instagram posts or maybe it's by week, you know, that you're doing different themes or different problems. So there's not really a right or wrong way to do it. Um, but you do just kind of want to have a system, um, of how you set up your marketing strategy. I love that. Um, so you're not kind of just like throwing Instagram posts into the dark. I always say like post with a purpose because yes. for two, literally the first two years of my Instagram, I was just kind of like, Oh, here's a pretty picture. And I'm like, if only I knew then what I know now. <laughs> yes. Oh, pass me. <laughs> literally. Um, okay. So we will wrap this up, but one last business question that I did have is when someone's first getting started, what would you say is this? I know again, probably depends on where people live, etc. But a lot of people, you know, hear this, I want to hit 10K. I want to have 10K months. And I feel like it's just this like glorified number that everyone wants to hit. But what would you recommend someone just starting out like aim for? Well, I know that also depends on their life and their bills. But what would you say to someone who's like, I just want to start a business, but I have no idea like how much I would even need to make for it to be justifiable, etc. Oh, no. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. It froze for a hot second, but no worries. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I would say to that is that yes, there's no like magic number. Um, but you need to be intentional with your goals and kind of reverse engineer your income goals. So, um, at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned one of the reasons I actually moved to Asia other than the fact that I like traveling is because I needed a lower, um, cost of living so that I could earn like a a lower relative income. So by living in, in, Thailand, for instance, my cost of living very comfortably was about $800 a month. So that was all I needed to earn in order to make ends meet. So I was able to save, like, especially in the beginning, even just doing a few odds and ends, let's say about like, you know, over a little over a thousand dollars, let's say that. Um, whereas in the States, you know, you might have to be making minimum two or three K to be able to save that same a thousand dollars. So I'm not necessarily recommend everyone moving to Thailand, (laughs) but I'm just saying that's how you should think about it is more about your relative income rather than this mystical number of 10 K. Because if you're living in Paris, 10 K does not mean the same thing as it does living in Iowa. 
Um, so it, it kind of just meets different needs. And it's also not about like one certain number, like your business is growing and it's evolving. And if you're in it for the long haul, you will get there. Um, but you need to start, um, with aspirational goals, but also be realistic and kind of break down your income. I love that. I think that's great. And I think that's a great way to end this for, to help people motivate them and to help them reverse engineer, you know, like what goal do you need to hit so that you can then leave your nine to five so you can live the life that you actually want to live? Exactly. That's the goal here, right guys? Like we can have those 10 K months later, but in the beginning, like leave that nine to five, like start living this lifestyle. Exactly. Like live that life of freedom that I know that everyone wants to, because that's like the most, that's the thing I'm the most passionate about. (laughs) Yes. That's why we do this. (laughs) I know. Thank you so much, Amanda. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.